This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Thursday, June 4th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well, and how about you? Doing okay. Doing okay. I'm, uh, we're, we're bouncing back from a, a weird episode we had on Wednesday, where I don't, I don't know if you heard it, but Matt and I actually recorded while I was, uh, calling in via phone, kind of a reverse call-in show, and, uh, I recorded it on my phone, and it sounded like a fun way to experiment with technology, and actually turned out to not sound very good, and I felt really bad when I got into editing, because the quality wasn't great, and actually had to, kind of apologize to uh to listeners that it was a fun idea but uh in practice came out not great so if you if you listen to it and you toughed it out through the marginal sound quality i appreciate it and uh i also apologize we'll make sure that doesn't happen that way again still uh trying some technology stuff out it was fun it was a fun way to try and record it as i i sat in my car while i recorded with uh with matt but yeah i am back in the studio my house, and uh, this should sound much better. We're going to look at some picks for Thursday, and uh, as you pointed out to me, it's kind of a weird smaller slate today. Yeah, so there's three games in the early contest. Uh, You don't really have too much choice when when that's involved. Uh, The pitchers are all, except for Dallas Keuchel, they're kind of mediocre types. They could have Mm -hmm. a decent game. Maybe they'll get hammered. Uh, Could go any direction. Keuchel's the obvious standout. But he's also facing the Orioles, who have a decent offense. Uh, yeah. They do get shut down from time to time, and Keuchel's the kind of guy who can do it. Yeah. Uh, then you have that seven-game later contest where uh, a little more meat to uh, uh, look into and exploit. Yeah, yeah, I, I felt the same way too. Like Keuchel stands out there, but it's not a great matchup for him. Even you know, the other guys are all pretty big question marks, at least in the early games. Um, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into it, because there are guys to pick from, for sure. Uh, who'd you like a catcher in those later games? Oh, it's a, a pretty ugly group. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Yasmani Grandel the most against Michael Waka, and that's not a good matchup at all. Waka's mm-hmm. just simply a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And what I've kind of noticed this year with Waka, and I've tried owning him several times, is he starts out really strong, and he gets somewhere around the 6th to 7th inning, kind of flubs it and you know, drops three of his points or something and you know, turns an excellent outing into just a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know maybe you know sometime around the middle of the game, uh, the matchup improves for Grandel. Uh, one of the things I wrote about in today's Daily Grind, which should be up as of right now, uh, the Cardinals have one of the best bullpens in the majors uh, you know, by ERA, by FIP. Uh, however you want to really grade it out. And uh, bullpens matter in DFS. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about the starting pitcher matchup, but you also need to pay attention to relievers. And so it doesn't look great for Grundle today, but he's also my favorite of the options. Uh, looking at uh, Robinson uh, Trinos against Carlos Rodon, and that's not a good matchup either. Uh, mm-hmm. Rodon's obviously got a lot of talent. Uh, there's uh, a little more room for... Uh, I'll say kind of like inexperienced mistakes, uh, but also Torinos isn't a real standout talent the way that Groundel is. Yeah, it's a tough catcher day for sure. Um, Stephen Vogt goes in the afternoon, but that really, you know, I like him against Shane Green, but that's mm-hmm. 
not helpful uh, if your group only does the evening games, which a lot of other groups will, for sure. Mike Sunino gets Rasmo Ramirez, but he prefers the lefties and doesn't hit well at all. You know, it, it's a tough day. Like, Jan Gomes gets Chris Young, and that's always a wild card, but he prefers to hit lefties also. I don't know. It's a tough catcher day. I wish I had yeah. better advice. I would yeah. almost go, I mean, probably go with someone real cheap, you know? Yeah, the only other name I pulled out was uh, David Ross against Gio Gonzalez, hold the platoon advantage. He hasn't done anything this year. In the past, he's been good against lefties. That's about all I can really say about that one. Yeah. And Gio's better than your average lefty, usually. Yeah, he can go on someone real cheap, like Carlos Ruiz against Anthony DeSclafani, but you wouldn't... You know, Tyler Flowers gets Giovanni Gallardo, but it's hard to feel real punts about any of those. Yeah, so I it's, would almost... it's definitely a punt position today. Yeah, it's a tough day. Uh, how about first base? You got some more options at first base? I do. Uh, there's definitely more guys that I liked at first base. Uh, Carlos Santana has Chris Young. Uh, Santana likes fly ball pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young's kind of the granddaddy of all fly ball pitchers when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, that uh, rate. So, you know, the matchup seems fine. Chris Young's kind of a weird guy to target. It seems like he should be very meltdown prone, but he'll go on these long strings, and he's in one now where he's just looking really good. Yeah. Uh, getting all the desired outs that you could possibly want. So there's some matchup capability there, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to really uh, pay the full price. And just like what I was saying with the Cardinals, the Royals have the best bullpen in the majors. Yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I actually, for my uh, Field of Streams pick uh, for today, I picked Chris Young against the Indians, and... Matt laughed at me, which didn't offend me. I thought it was really funny because part of the fun of the contest is uh, debating. But uh I don't love Chris Young, but he is just such a wild card. Like, he could throw seven shutout innings or he could explode. He's such a fly ball guy that it's a lot of BABIP, which is, I mean, home runs are not in play, so it's not quite BABIP. But, like, it's, it's a home run fly ball thing, I suppose, is what you should say. If, you know, if, if the fly balls go right, he could be just fine. He's kind of a wild card. Um, I picked him because I'm trying to get lucky and play catch up. But what really annoyed me, or not annoyed me, uh, what I really noticed about him laughing at me picking Chris Young is he did it a few weeks ago, uh, against the Yankees. And then I have the Indians. I don't think that's a way worse matchup. But, um, yeah, am I crazy? Like, Chris Young could have a totally fine start tonight. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I don't if feel real confident about it. When he but... loses or when he leaves, then yeah. they'll probably hold it. Yeah, I don't feel uh, super confident about it, but I feel like there's. I mean, I'm not crazy. There's a there's a chance there. He uh, he took Anthony DeSclafani in Philadelphia, which I also think also yeah. think is a good it's matchup. A good yeah, but yeah, Chris Young. That's gonna be one to watch. I could see a lot of things from the Indians hitters and a little bit volatile. I think you know it's kind of what we were saying. Like Carlos Santana could do fine, but. I don't know, there's a chance of a, of a shutout there. Or, or a low-scoring game from the Indians. Just from Chris Young's crazy voodoo magic, or whatever the heck is going on there. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, also like uh, Lucas Duda against Jeremy Hellickson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that whole, a lot. whole Mets stack is fairly good today. Uh, Arizona's a good place for offense, uh, runs, and power. And uh, Hellickson's definitely a 
exploitable pitcher, so there's definitely potential for Duda to go off and do some damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, could also go to Philadelphia for Joey Votto against Aaron Harang. Uh, Votto likes flyball pitchers, has a OPS over a thousand over the last three years against them, mm-hmm. and he's also Joey Votto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's good. He should be able to get you some points, no matter what, hopefully. Aaron Harang's another one that I'm a little scared will put up a zero on you, though. Yeah, he's, uh, he's really put together, you know, his repertoire is getting the most out of it. I see that sometimes as pitchers age, they just figure out how to, you know, pitch at a much higher level than a lot of the younger guys do when they're just kind of flame throwing through the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote Chris Carter, gets way in Chen. Chris Carter hit mm-hmm. two home runs on Wednesday, and now he gets a lefty, no reason he can't show off his power again. He's always kind of a threat to go deep, and he's heating up recently. So I like Chris Carter and, uh, Wei Yan Chen is, we talk about him a lot. He's a, not a guy that's going to explode, but he's certainly not a guy to be afraid of. That's one of the earlier games, but I think it's worth mentioning also. Um, I was second base. I wrote down, that's crazy. I have eight second basemen written down for today. I jotted down six and I mostly like them. Uh, Jason Kipnis is, quite expensive against Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, same reservations as with Carlos Santana. The you know starting pitcher matchup seems fine. Uh, once you get to bullpen, if iffier. And there's still uh, that potential. Young just has a perfectly fine start. Uh, also like Daniel Murphy against Hellickson. Uh, kind of same story with Duda. You're looking at a stack that's probably you know, pretty popular tonight uh, given the ballpark and the weak opposing pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, also liked uh, Chase Utley against Anthony DeSclafani. Utley's starting to come around, uh, hitting more like his normal self. He has uh, so to, right? I, yeah, so I figured I'd pull that one out and uh, mention it at least. DeSclafani yeah. is a, a decent pitcher. He's got good stuff, uh, nice changeup. Uh, also isn't somebody to really fear. Uh, obviously, the Phillies lineup is pretty weak. Uh, but they do have some good power guys. Uh, Ryan Howard's another guy you could turn to at first base, even. I used Ryan Howard's name yesterday in the same sentence as Joey Gallo, just in terms of, like, what the heck do people expect from Joey Gallo right now? Not in his career, mm-hmm. but, like, right now. Like, he's... I maybe was being hyperbolic, but, like, he's going to hit 170 and might have some pop, but, like, I don't... I'm not a believer right now. I think he could have a good career, but I'm not excited yet. And uh, I was like, what is he going to give you that Ryan Howard already doesn't do? And nobody's excited about Ryan Howard right now. But, you know, there's some pop there, for sure. That's mm-hmm. it's not going to go away until they're pretty well, until he's pretty well out of the league. Yeah, and Anthony DeSclafani, I think that's a good matchup for him, but also not one I'm, I'm worried about. So, yeah, at least a, a good call there. I wrote Jose Altuve gets Wei Yan Chen again early game, but that's always a good matchup. Those Astros mm-hmm. guys against lefties, Dustin Pedroia, uh, a lot of these Red Sox guys also. That's two stacks I like in the afternoon. The Red Sox get Tommy Malone, and there's a lot of right-handers there. Um, so if you are in a format play in the afternoon, check out those stacks. Addison Russell gets Joe Gonzalez, and Russell hasn't shown big splits so far, but that is a platoon advantage for him to go against a lefty and. I wish Gio Gonzalez were better than he's been so far, but he hasn't been. I wrote down Colton Wong against Carlos mm-hmm. Frias, because, I mean, Carlos Frias has been weirdly kind of good, but not enough to avoid either. And Colton Wong could be part of a pretty decent stack there. 
in Los Angeles. Can we talk about Robinson Cano? I'm, <laughs> he's a dependable hitter forever. And it's his former teammate, Erasmo Ramirez. And that's a good matchup for him. And he could definitely do fine. But he has two homers. He's batting like 250 or something. I'm not saying like, oh, give up on him. He's done. But like, this is now, we're coming up to a year and a half of being just plain not the same hitter. And there's a reason why. It's like a team change in a, in a, you know, an environment change. But is Robinson Cano like gonna hit 15 homers in a season again? You know, it's, it's an interesting story with Cano. L- last year I felt he was basically the same guy he was with the Yankees. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of, uh, the stadium switch, a uh, bit of the, uh, protection around him, uh, probably led to some, uh, weaker or tougher pitches to really power up and, uh, put over a fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, you know, he's, he's starting to whiff a little more often, not enough where you really you know, draw any strong conclusions, could just be a short-term aberration. Mm-hmm. Uh, power's missing completely. Uh, it's gone from, uh, 202 ISO in 2013, 139 last year to 086 this year. And that's why he's got such a terrible line. Uh, you know, he's just not hitting the ball as firmly as he has in past seasons and it's, uh, you know, showing in his numbers. Yeah. I, it's driven his price down at least, but it's hard mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, good matchup for him. It is a good yeah. matchup for him, but he's it, not in the It definitely is. Mears is a, a tricky one to kind of figure out. He's, He's one of the guys I wrote about for the grind today. He's got such good pitch peripherals, yet his like actual strikeout walk rates are not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he could just get his walk rate under control, not even worrying about the strikeouts, I feel like he'd be a pretty solid uh, mid-rotation pitcher. Uh, he's got the stuff to just you know pound the strike zone. He doesn't have to nibble the way he does. It's more of a command control issue. And he used to in the past, you know, like in the minors and even for a minute in the majors, like show those good control numbers. Mm-hmm. He's been, you know, he was a sierrometric darling for a while and has not, has not delivered. I don't know. The, he's a, he's the a first ball still there. I, I don't know. Wouldn't if blow you away. Figured like, out, but yeah. Wouldn't blow you away if a year from now he was like a useful pitcher. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't blow me away if he did a kind of Carlos Carrasco light. Yeah. And, you know, became one of those, like, I won't say like a top 15% guy, but definitely like a top 40%. Yeah. And he's still pretty young, but yeah. he hasn't figured it out yet. So I like those Mariners lefties against him. And Robinson, Robinson Cano's fine, but definitely lost his luster quite a bit. And then last name that I have to mention, uh, eligible at a few spots, but often second base. Logan Forsyth against mm-hmm. Rowan Elias. We're always talking about Logan Forsyth against lefties. Rowan Elias is fine, but not a guy to avoid uh, against. It's not a great park, but Logan Forsyth can fill in somewhere in your lineup against a lefty and be pretty useful. So, And he's a cleanup hitter. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That always helps, too. Yeah, they like to bat him there and I don't know. He's he's good against lefties, and he's flexible. Always mention him. He's a good uh, one to fill in somewhere. All right. How about third base? Who, who do you got uh, at third base on Thursday? Well, while we're talking about the Rays and Elias, uh, there's Evan Longoria against a lefty. Uh, yep. It's always a yep, nice yep. matchup. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, the whole Rays stack looks pretty decent against Elias. Uh, I, I do like Elias, but at the same time, 
you know, it's just there's there's exploitability there. Uh, he's not an elite pitcher by any means. Uh, could be even slightly below average at this point. And uh, the Rays have just killed left-handed pitchers. Uh, I think as of yesterday, they're at 112 WRC+. plus, mm-hmm. uh, So 12% above average. And then they just put up, like, a bunch of runs against uh, my boy Hector Santiago. That was another mm-hmm. matchup that I talked about that I really liked. I thought it was interesting because Hector Santiago, I think, is really underrated. But I also thought the Rays are underrated against lefties. So it was one that I wanted to watch. And he went, like, five scoreless innings and then allowed, like, five runs in the sixth for <laughs> exiting with no outs. So it was kind of a weird start yeah. for him. But, yeah, I like Hector Santiago, but I also like the Rays against lefties. And, like I said, going to Seattle's not great, but it's a good matchup for them against a pitcher I kind of like, but uh, not as much as I like Santiago. But, yes, I am in on Longoria against Rowan Elias for sure. Uh, top of my list might be Chris Bryant at Joe Gonzalez. It's a platoon advantage for him, even though I'm not sure he needs it at all. He could do pretty well in Washington. Uh, There's not a lot to not like about Chris Bryant. It strikes out a lot, but it doesn't seem to matter. I wrote Mike Moustakis against Trevor Bauer. I'm not mm-hmm. that excited about that, because I think Trevor Bauer is more than decent, but he's also not so good. You have to avoid him, so... Mike Moustakas could do fine. I mentioned Daniel Murphy at Hellickson because he probably qualifies at third base also. I think he'd rather have him at second, but uh, I think he could do fine. Matt Carpenter against Carlos Frias is also another fine matchup if you like that Cardinal stack or mini stack in Los Angeles. He's another pitcher that has some question marks and is not really primed to dominate. And then... Speaking of Mariners lefties, I almost like Kyle Seager more than Robinson Cano right now. Oh, absolutely. I definitely do. It's, you know, the talent's you know, obvious right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... he's doing his usual thing, and, you know, Cano's not. It could be any number of reasons why Cano's struggling, yeah. ranging from just bad luck and uh, flukiness to an actual injury or, you yeah. know, age-related decline. Uh, Seager's in his prime. He's hitting for power. Uh, not running as much as he used to, but that's not really uh, why you're buying into him anyhow. Yeah, it is. It is obvious. It's just weird for me to say and grasp. But yeah, you're right. It's obvious. Uh, I love Kyle Seager though, and he gets a Rasmo. He gets a, a lefty. No, sorry, righty, righty. Yeah, he has the platoon advantage. He has the platoon advantage. That's what I meant to say. Yes, good, good things. He gets good things. Uh, against his former teammate. So, yeah, there's a lot of options at third base. Any other third baseman that you liked? I noted Michael Franco against uh, DeSclefani. Uh, okay. It's a righty-on-righty sure. matchup. Uh, Franco's got some good power. I, I don't think it's as exciting as some of those other options out there. Certainly looking at Seager, uh, Longoria, or Carpenter above uh, Franco, but at the same time, you... You know, have an opportunity to go after some cheap power with the Philly stack today if you want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I like that. How about shortstop? For once, I had a bunch of guys I liked at shortstop also. I, I didn't actually like too many guys, uh, at least from that late slate. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, Brad Miller against Raspa Ramirez. Uh, Miller's kind of a wild card whenever I use him, uh, but he does have some uh, pop, some speed, uh, has his share of good games when he's uh, locked in. There's also uh, Starling Castro against Gio Gonzalez of the platoon advantage. He hasn't been that great this season, 
but he does hit a little better against left-handed pitching, so maybe that'll work in his favor today. Mm-hmm. I wrote those two guys down. I also wrote Elvis Andrews against Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be excited about Elvis Andrews, but if you are an Elvis Andrews guy, against the lefty is when you want him. And Rodon has great stuff, but he has like a 1-7 whip. He's just didn't walk in a million guys. You right. Know? As Matt said, just not not great control figured out so far, which happens with the young guys. It's not a shock. So, uh, Ellis Andrews could, you know, I don't expect him to hit one into the seats, but taking a walk means getting on base and running, which is what he can do. Uh, I like that. And then, yeah, the other guys I liked, I, I like Starlin, I like Brad Miller, I wrote those, and then the two Red Sox guys from the early slate, Xander Bogarts gets a lefty, and that's when you want him, and uh, Hanley Ramirez, if he's a shortstop eligible in your format. Also like him against Trevor May, against the lefty. So keep your eye on them if you are uh, eligible to play those early games. But yeah, it's funny. Just having a handful of guys like that is, for me, at shortstop more than usual. I'm like, oh, okay, there's there's guys to pick from. Pick from. It's just been such a brutal position for much of the year. It's often um, a punt. Yeah. All right, and then outfield has been the opposite. Outfield's been nice and deep. Who do you like to, to kick off the outfield? I didn't find too many options I really like tonight in the outfield. Uh, the Rays have a group, uh, Steven Souza, Brandon Geyer, and Joey Butler, all mm-hmm. right-handed, uh, all getting Ronis Elias. Uh, same thing we've been talking about. you got a platoon advantage. you got a roster that hits well against left-handed pitching. And uh, a guy who you know does have some exploitability in Elias. Yeah. So you could definitely look to that entire outfield uh, or play matchups. Uh, your choice. <laughs> I was going to ask what you thought of Joey Butler. Do you have much of an opinion on him? He's been hitting well so far. Yeah, he's been hitting well so far, and I'll pull up his page just to quote specifically. Yeah, it's a 463 bat pip. Yeah, and uh, like two walks. Yeah, something like two walks, uh, big swing and miss tendencies. Uh, he's hitting the ball hard right now. That's kind of what you're looking at mm-hmm. if you're going to use him. Uh, I don't recall his price today. Uh, if he's cheap, uh, probably looks better than if he it's creeping up there. Uh, he's got a 396 wOBA on his season, but he uh, is projected to have a 300 going forward. Mm. Uh, so definitely expect a, a downturn in production. Yeah, he did well in the minor leagues, so it's not insane that he's doing well now. But like you said, a lot of right. BABIP and and not much not much patience pushing him. So, but uh, I like this matchup for him too. You know. As long as he's hot, I guess, and and more importantly, has a good matchup. So mm-hmm. I wrote and Josh Reddick. Some some earlier guys. Yeah. Josh Reddick gets Shane Green. Nothing not to like about that. George Springer gets Wei Yan Chen. Another Astros righty. Bunch of those Red Sox. Hanley again is an outfielder. Mookie Betts and Rosny Castillo. If you want to take a, a wild card on him, he hasn't showed a lot yet, but uh, he gets a lefty in Trevor May and. Uh, this is also earlier. Do you have any opinion on Eddie Rosario? Uh, I can't say that I really do. Yeah, uh, he's another prospect that's come up and done okay so far, but all of it is BABIP driven. Like, he he might have some talent, but he really hasn't established himself as trustworthy so far, and also, you know, hasn't drawn many walks yet. And you can get by on doing that, but it's not easy. You got to be pretty talented. So, I'm not buying Eddie Rosario yet. But I, he could do fine against Stephen Wright today, for sure. 
it's basically the same like story with Butler. You're looking at a high bat pip, uh, except Rosario doesn't really have the power that Butler has. Yeah. Uh, so there's not really once that bat pip comes down to earth, there's not really any redeeming quality with Rosario. I definitely wouldn't be looking at him in a traditional league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could definitely try a one-off uh, pick against uh, Wright tonight mm-hmm. uh, or this this afternoon, actually. But I don't know. I I. W- have trouble picking guys against knuckleballers it's just kind of a such a weird matchup and it's one of the few times where it's really uh, unique to just a batter's ability to pick up the pitch mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times uh, there's a lot more uh, analytical hooks to pick up on when you're trying to uh, find a specific matchup with a knuckleballer it can be a little more challenging to figure out especially with a prospect like this who doesn't have any experience against like Ari Dickey yeah he, he hasn't been up nearly as much you know uh okay and then again from the later slate that's more helpful uh I like Dexter Fowler against Gio Gonzalez he's a switch hitter but he actually prefers to hit lefties so I'll be helpful for him especially if you like the cub stack you can hopefully set the table well uh in Washington I wrote Junior Lake likes to hit lefties. Do you like Junior Lake at all? Talk about a guy that can't really take a walk. I I don't really care for Junior Lake, but he's going to be in the lineup as long as uh, Jorge Soler's out. So yeah, and uh, he, there's uh, that. He's actually been pretty decent in his short minor league career against, or in short major league career against lefties. He likes to hit lefties. If you are a Junior Lake person, this is when you would want to use him. It's against the lefty. There's another guy with question marks. You like. Delano De Shields. He had a big month of May. I think he won rookie of the of the month, but it's all Babip, like and it's all speed. He gets Carlos Rodon, kinda like Elvis Andrews. If he gets on base, he can definitely do something, but he's gotta get there. Can't steal first base, they say, but Carlos Rodon. I mean and he'd have to run on a lefty, but it's easier for him to reach. I don't know. Do you have any opinion on Delano? I actually kinda like this matchup for him. Uh, yeah. obviously you're not looking any kind of power out of him. Uh, he did hit for decent power last year in the minors, so I probably should uh, add that caveat. I just think that maybe in the majors he's a little overmatched uh, to be taking uh, you know full swings. Uh, he's more focused on putting the ball in play right now. Uh, this, he has enough speed that you know I'm not too concerned about his 385 BAPIP. Uh, it'll go down, but maybe not so much as uh, you know you might expect. Not back to league average at least. Yeah. And he's got good plate patience. Uh, pretty much every minor league stop over 10% walk rate. Uh, he's at 13% now in the majors. Uh, see that continuing, and with uh, Rodan on the hill, could be a three-walk night for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And once he's on base, he can run wild. Yeah, so that could be an okay uh, cheaper pick for sure. Uh, I have Michael Brantley and Brandon Moss against Chris Young. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're feeling lucky and you don't like, you know, you're not into Chris Young. I could see them doing fine. You could also see them, you know, not being able to get put anything uh, in against him, too. I don't know. It, it, he's kind of a wild card draw against, for sure. Um, I put down Curtis Granderson at Jeremy Hellickson. I feel like you nowadays kind of know what you're getting from Curtis Granderson. It's going to be a low average and kind of a 15 home or 10 steal guy. But, it, but it's kind of dependable, also. So he's a cheaper pick that could... Uh, at least lead off a, a good matchup for the Mets in the desert. And then I wrote, uh, I wrote those race guys and I wrote Matt Holiday against Carlos Frias because Carlos Frias isn't great and Matt Holiday is talk about dependable. 
you know, even more so than Granderson for sure. So yeah, uh, did you have any other outfielders? I feel like there's plenty of options. I also noted uh, Nelson Cruz against uh, Ramirez. Okay. Yeah, you have a lot of guys. Ramirez, with platoon the right advantage. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you have a lot of guys with platoon advantage against Ramirez. Uh, Cruz does not, but at the same time, he has a ton of power. Uh, Ramirez is definitely an exploitable guy on the wrong day, mm-hmm. especially if he's starting to walk guys. Cruz could come up there, bash a home run, uh, get a couple uh, RBI out of the deal. Yep, uh, part of a good. Also stand. like. Yep, also like uh, Billy Hamilton and Jay Bruce against Harang. Okay, yeah, I considered that. Uh, and there's no reason not to be too excited about it. Right. Uh, again, he's kind of a puzzling pitcher, but I could see <laughs> the Reds putting up some runs against him for sure. And then uh, at pitcher, it seemed like kind of a weird day for me. Actually, nobody really stood out. Some guys I kind of like, but no slam dunks. Um, who's the top of your list for pitchers? Uh, top of the list is definitely Matt Harvey. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's really... Uh, too much to really discuss as to why he'd be at the top of the list. He's just really talented. Mm-hmm. Uh, going up against a Diamondbacks lineup that's not bad. Uh, certainly they have their share of bad games, though, so uh, he could put up some big numbers. Uh, could also turn around and bite him. The you know, top four pitchers of the day in terms of price and also in terms of uh, probably potential output are... Uh, Harvey, uh, Jake Arrieta against the Nationals, uh, Michael Walk against the Dodgers, and then uh, Gio Gonzalez against the Cubs. None of those are particularly great matchups, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, Gio has that advantage in that the Cubs strike out a ton, mm-hmm. uh, so that should help him score points. But they also put up their share of crooked numbers, and yeah. Gio and definitely, has meltdown, uh, definitely has his meltdown games. Uh, so you know, it could be one of those days he throws three innings, gives up seven runs, or maybe... You know, holds them to one over eight. Uh, definitely a risky pick. Yeah. One of the good things about DFS is if they blow up your ERA, you don't have to wear it all year, so you can take those risks. You know, yep. It's one of those. One of the things I like about head to head also is if your pitching goes real bad one week, that's okay because it starts over the next week. So, yeah, uh, you can take some risks with Geo if you want. Uh, I like that. Uh, like I said, Matt has Anthony Desclafani at Cincinnati, and I have Chris Young versus Cleveland. I think both of those are okay as cheaper options. Uh, could, could go well for you. Uh, do you like Aaron Harang against Cincinnati? Uh, not enough, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, his early season performance has driven up his price a bit. Yeah. And while I think there's a chance that he does perfectly fine against the Reds, mm-hmm. uh, I'm don't feel too confident about it, and I'd rather look at some of the other options, like Dace Scofani, who's cheaper. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one I wrote down was uh, Carlos Rodon against the Rangers, and we wrote a bunch of, or at least talked a lot about how he's kind of risky and hasn't figured it out yet and walks too many guys, but he also has that strikeout potential and has flashes of brilliance, and he could certainly do just fine. And have a big game, so he's another one. Um, there aren't a lot of like rock solid options today. A lot of ones with upside, though, and he's right. one of them for me. So. Yeah, and the last one I'm looking at is uh, we we talked a lot about guys going against him, uh, Erasmo Ramirez. Uh, I see him as uh, you know, just look at his last outing against the Orioles. Uh, there's definite upside there. He can strike out a batter per inning. He can mm-hmm. hold the walks to a minimum uh, when he's on his A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that 
isn't always the case. Uh, the outing before that was against the Athletics, who uh, probably have a weaker lineup than the Orioles, and they just pounded them. Uh, so there's definite, definitely huge risk using Ramirez. Uh, big upside, uh, big floor. Yeah. Uh, very cheap if you uh, see a stack that you want that's quite expensive. Yeah. Uh, perhaps you're trying to get Paul Goldschmidt in for some reason. Yeah, Erasmo going uh, in Seattle against his former team will be worth paying attention to. You know, even when he struggles, he's been fun to watch and try and figure out. So, yeah, I can see him doing fine. I wouldn't necessarily, you know, put a lot of money on it or anything, yeah, but I could see him doing a. fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that'll do it for us for Thursday. Uh, a lot of options, a lot of stuff to discuss in a weird little, little evening slate, it feels like. But, uh, yeah, Brad, you got anything else to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, the, there's two games with rain risk tonight. So oh, yes. the Nationals and Phillies, uh, 50% chance of rain early in the game for the Nationals, 40% in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, both cases, looks like it's going to clear out by 9 o'clock, so you're, at worst case, looking at a delayed start. Uh, maybe be a little wary with using pitchers from that game, just in case they do get started and run into a delay. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you know, those they should both happen, uh, so the hitters should be fine. Yep. Okay. Yeah, those are always good to keep in mind, uh, for sure, those weather risks. Well, that should do it for us, heading into Thursday. Again, I'm Dylan Higgins. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at HigginsFOS, and Brad is at BaseballAteam. And, yeah, we both want to hear from you what you think of the show and uh, if you have any questions and just if you want to talk fantasy. And uh, also make sure to listen to The Sleeper and the Bust here on Rotographs Audio with uh, Paul Spohr, Eno Saris, Jason Collette. They have a lot of good uh, long-form standard fantasy analysis. It's not standard analysis, just uh, standard fantasy baseball. Uh, they got a lot to say, and it'll help you in every format, DFS, regular, whatever. Just some, some good analysis. Uh, other than that, I think that'll do it. I'll be back here on Friday for you, five days a week, Monday to Friday. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.